1: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with calls for action following a shocking spike in violence on the downtown east side.
3: Three separate shootings in 15 hours, sending four people to hospital. Sarah McDonald is live outside BPD headquarters right now, and Sarah investigators are calling this a new type of turf war.
4: And Chris, authorities are circling back to one very highly polarizing city block in the city of Vancouver when it comes to pinpointing the root of this gun violence that, as you are about to hear, our own global news crew witnessed firsthand this morning. Early Monday morning in streets typically bustling with a dynamic demographic. Somebody pulls the trigger multiple times for the third time in 15 hours.
5: Very good. Yeah.
1: Live next door.
4: The target believed to be the man on this stretcher. This has left
6: people in this area
4: shaken and shocked. The bullets intended for him coming within meters of our own global news crew.
7: We heard a loud bang. At that point, a guy emerged from the alley and he was waving
4: a gun in his hand. It's rare that you're out here covering a shooting and then a shooting occurs. We were already there because of this. <laughs> Two other separate shootings Sunday evening on East Hastings, landing three people in hospital with serious injuries. I think I heard the gunshot. There was a guy just lying on the ground. Vancouver police say that victim and all three others are casualties of a violent and escalating turf war, orbiting the city's most polarizing public space.
5: I don't go through there. I don't walk through there anymore.
4: That hotly contested homeless encampment at Oppenheimer Park, now said to be jeopardizing the safety of anyone in its vicinity, attracting criminals armed with weapons like these ones recently seized and draining police resources.
5: It's destabilized that whole area, including the downtown east side. Everybody's vying for that extra lucrative uh, dollar that's sitting in Oppenheimer.
4: The complex politics and optics surrounding the eviction of its occupants, pitting the park board against police and city council.
8: Unfortunately, the situation in Oppenheimer Park is drawing resources out of the communities.
4: The dangers associated with criminal activity here now seeping into surrounding areas. You think Surrey and Langley are bad?
9: but a lot of bad stuff happens in Vancouver.
4: A trifecta of the major crises plaguing a world-class city, homelessness, addiction, and gang violence, now said to be having a tangible impact on public safety as criminals use deadly force amongst each other as they prey on society's most vulnerable.
3: And, Sarah, another development in all of this. Vancouver's mayor now speaking out about his support for a handgun ban today.
4: That's right, Chris. Mayor Kennedy Stewart wading into the federal election campaign just moments ago saying he would support a ban on handguns in the city of Vancouver if given the power to do so at a municipal level. Take a listen.
8: I've heard through this federal election that uh, there is a possibility that uh, we could ban assault rifles but, but more importantly handguns, that municipalities would have the ability to uh, ban handguns and that's certainly something I would uh, support and would act on right away if that power was given.
4: And that may or may not happen, as we know. In the meantime, the city and police continue to push the park board when it comes to getting a court-ordered injunction for the eviction of Oppenheimer Park. In the meantime, no arrests in this case, no persons of interest that we know of. All four of those victims, all men, ranging in age from their mid-20s to their 50s, are in hospital in serious condition. And Chris, we should note, of course, our Global News crew was not injured, but of course they were shaken by what they saw this morning.
3: No doubt. Okay, thanks very much. Sarah McDonald reporting for us in Vancouver.
2: Changes are coming to our 911 system, prompted by an independent review that was ordered after a woman died while waiting 35 minutes for help. Grace Key has more on why paramedics were delayed in reaching her and the recommendations being implemented in the hope of preventing similar deaths in the future. A warning, some of the details in this story are disturbing.
9: DC Ambulance for what city, please?
10: Vancouver, I'm bleeding for Hang city. on,
9: what's the address?
10: Chelsea Brent listens to the heart-wrenching 911 call her mother made last November. But the response to 56-year-old Tracy Gunderson's
4: desperate cries would be delayed. I want it to make it very clear that no matter where you come from, if it's the downtown east side or if you own a $5 million house in Point Grey, that your care is the same, that no one deserves to call them and want to not receive the help that they asked for. I'm all dizzy and blurry. I understand. Just hang in there.
10: Tracy started to hemorrhage when she called 911 from her downtown eastside unit on Powell Street, a former provincial remand centre. Paramedics had problems getting through locked doors and elevators. can't
9: open the door. You said it's unlocked though, is that right?
10: Yeah, but the buzzer: You can hear the buzzer in the background. Firefighters were later called to gain access. It would take 35 minutes for paramedics to reach her.
4: It's unclear exactly if she would have lived either way, but I do believe fire attendants right away would have made the diff- could have made a difference to her life, or at least she went to bed alone.
10: An external investigation made 14 recommendations, many dealing with communication, but it also calls for fire to be dispatched if access could be a problem.
1: What's key is to ensure that ambulance paramedics can respond quickly. Uh, to uh, these circumstances and to address these issues hopefully in advance, these issues of access.
4: I'm confident the recommendations put forth will save lives. I don't know how many, but they will make a difference. The
10: health minister is moving forward with all the recommendations with the review in six months. Grace Key, Global News.
3: RCMP need your help identifying a robbery suspect. Take a look. Surrey RCMP believe this man was involved in the robbery of a taxi driver in the Guildford area last month. Police say the suspect pulled out a knife and demanded cash. The victim received minor injuries. Police attended the scene, but they were unable to locate the suspect. And Surrey RCMP want to find the owners of these catalytic converters. They were found in a rental truck abandoned at a construction site near Bridgeview Drive and King George Boulevard. Police say it appears they were recently cut from a vehicle somewhere One woman has been arrested and RCMP believe a second person is involved. If you have any information or believe you're the owner of this property, you should call Surrey RCMP.
2: A flurry of cameras outside BC Supreme Court in Vancouver today as Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou made an appearance. Meng's lawyers arguing over the disclosure of documents related to her upcoming extradition trial. Erin MacArthur has more on why those documents are significant and how defense plans on arguing Meng's charter rights were violated. Hi, morning. Are you on time? Okay.
11: Are we cannot say.
7: Looking relaxed, and every bit the corporate executive she is, Meng Wanzhou walked into B.C. Supreme Court. The only thing out of place? The black ankle bracelet she's forced to wear while waiting for her extradition hearing. Meng's defense team want the attorney general to turn over more documents relating to what they call a covert criminal investigation and improper detention. They claim the CBSA, RCMP, and the U.S. Department of Justice colluded to detain Meng for several hours before she was formally arrested. Taken to secondary inspection at YVR at 11.21, the RCMP didn't inform Mung of her arrest warrant until 2.11, a two-hour period where lawyers allege her charter rights were violated.
0: I believe that uh, there have been um, charter violations, in my opinion. Uh, That arrest warrant clearly said immediate. It did not say, let her get out of the plane, go to secondary examination, and then arrest something's wrong.
7: In documents provided to the court, the Attorney General argues Hmong's lawyers are on a fishing trip, that the collusion they speak of isn't reflected in the evidence. In that two-hour period, Meng was only questioned for 47 minutes about her admissibility to Canada. The Crown further explains the actions, nor questions asked of her were influenced by the U.S., nor was any information passed on.
0: Even if that right to counsel was violated, is that enough to shut down the extradition case, or does the fence have to show damage?
7: This hearing, scheduled for eight days, the extradition hearing won't begin until January next year. In addition, Meng Wanzhou has civil cases against
3: the CBSA and RCMP for breaching her charter rights. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Mayors and councilors from across B.C. are gathering in Vancouver this week for the Union of B.C. Municipalities Convention. Today, delegates shared ideas and initiatives to help address the opioid crisis. Ted Chernecki explains how using provincial money to take care of city problems factors
1: into the plan. Day one at the UBCM and the ongoing opioid crisis tops the agenda. There isn't a municipality that hasn't experienced the deadly consequences. The death rate in BC by far the highest in the country.
4: I am very excited to announce that our government is investing a total of 3.5 million dollars in new funding to support community initiatives in response to the fentanyl poisoning
1: crisis. New money to be handed directly to the frontline foot soldiers in each municipality's opioid battle because each one is different. Construction workers, for example. That's where Surrey discovered a serious problem.
5: What we have done because of the research is started to go into the construction industry and help the people in there um, sort of um, find out and whatever services that they need in there, sort of get out as a proactive Mm -hmm. approach.
1: One positive is that the number of opioid-related deaths is down from a year ago when more than 1,500 people died in B.C. In the first six months of this year, there have been 538 overdose deaths, putting B.C. on track for about 1,100, still a staggering number. That's when we need to put more effort into it to sort of drive it down a lot quicker. It's been more than three years since BC declared this a public health emergency, and yet last year more people died than ever. The minister blaming in part the inaction of previous governments, especially on the mental health front.
4: It must feel a little bit like you're flying a badly damaged aircraft into a a Category 5 cyclone. We do not have a mental health and addictions care system that meets the needs of people
1: before a crisis, and it certainly was not ready to meet the needs of this crisis. Staying with that aircraft analogy, the number of people to die this year in B.C. is equivalent to two fully loaded Airbus 380 planes crashing with no survivors. Ted Schoenek, Global
8: News.
2: A bit of a flub by the mayor of Delta, who was recently talking about the new Massey crossing.
8: The crossing right now is looking like uh, uh, coming forward with eight lanes, uh, six, of course, lanes of traffic, and then... Two dedicated lanes each closed meeting. Is this a closed meeting? It was a closed meeting. Where you got that information? Or something like that. Oops,
2: that was at the TransLink Mayor's (laughs) Council meeting last week. George Harvey apparently spilling some of the beans on a new Massey crossing. Details that originally came out of a closed meeting. The province is expected to come out with new information on the crossing next month. Right now, though, hundreds of thousands of travelers found themselves stranded today when the world's oldest travel agency collapsed into liquidation.
3: British-based Thomas Cook is one of the largest travel agencies in the world. And as Global's Redmond Shannon reports, the effort to get everyone home will be Britain's biggest repatriation
12: exercise since the Second World War. From the U.K. to Germany to airports all over the globe, tens of thousands of vacationers and honeymooners spent today standing in long lines with few answers.
13: What the hell is going on and when can I get my money back?
12: They're not reassuring us. All we're hearing is things that add to the worry. This travel nightmare began when British tour operator Thomas Cook went bust, all planes grounded, 155,000 customers stranded worldwide, many with complicated travel packages, including in New York. Miami, L.A., Seattle, San Francisco, and Orlando.
4: You go on the website, to tell you there's going to be someone here. There's no one here.
12: The good news? U.K. law insures British customers. Now Britain's largest civilian airlift since World War II. A thousand flights over the next two weeks to bring everyone home. The lesson for American travelers,
10: consider travel insurance on big trips. You might want to buy travel insurance if you're going on a cruise or a safari or a tour or a very expensive air hotel package.
12: Tonight, the first two British airlift flights have already left Orlando, but tens of thousands are still waiting for their flights home. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington.
3: Tom Costello and mm-hmm. Non Redmond Shannon, as I said, going in. Late change. Okay, anyway, any Canadians affected or advised to go through the information page on the company's website or in emergencies, you should contact the nearest consulate.
2: Well, dozens of families are facing a difficult task after a new low for thieves in West Kelowna. More than 50 bronze plaques were stolen from the
10: West Bank Cemetery.
3: And as Global's Megan Turcato reports, the theft is now forcing the city to make some changes.
10: Right beside our mom was my grandmother, my mom's mother. Two Okanagan sisters are among those dismayed to
0: learn their family grave markers were taken from West Bank Cemetery earlier this month. News of the theft broke over the weekend.
10: My husband showed me a picture and um, right away I recognized that all three of my grandparents' um, markers were stolen. To lose something like that is devastating for a family because you're really opening up that wound once again and reliving that grief.
0: Families will now have to replace the markers at their own expense and are wondering how they'll replicate the original tributes.
10: My uncle designed my grandmother's and my grandfather's was... um, by the Legion, you know, I feel like a lot of families are going to be going, like, where do we start?
0: More than 50 bronze plaques were stolen on the evening of September 14th, according to the city of West Kelowna, which operates the historic graveyard. Officials are now planning to step up security, and added expense on the city budget. They cut the lock, so we have to get an improved lock to that. We have also had our commissioners who come to lock the gate. They will come and do a patrol of the site to make sure there's nobody on site. We're looking at video camera um, surveillance of the site. In this case, the city is waiving its installation fee for replacement grave markers. But it's little comfort for those who've
10: lost family plaques. We've chose our words very carefully. We love these people. We feel very violated that somebody would come and do this um, and desecrate the dead.
0: These sisters now looking at replacing their grandparents' gravestones with granite or marble, hoping that they will better withstand the test of time and metal thieves. Megan Turcato, Global News, West Kelowna.
2: Oh my good God! Yikes, a dash cam captures that shocked reaction of a driver and passenger watching a semi-trailer making that dangerous pass on a double line on Highway 1 through the Fraser Canyon. They say the same truck had just passed them where it shouldn't have. It happened September 15th. They have reported the license plate of that truck to the RCMP.
3: October 21st, coming up fast. Federal party leaders continue to pave the campaign trail with promises.
2: The leaders fanned out across central and eastern Canada today, bringing their messages of better times ahead, from health care to housing, Shalima Maharaj reports. The focus was on health care for Justin
6: Trudeau as he traveled across southern Ontario Monday. The Liberal leader pledging to implement a national pharmacare program. Trudeau says if elected, his party would invest $6 billion, a down payment towards that, along with improving accessibility to prescription drugs, mental health and family doctors.
9: We know there's more to do, and part of that is moving forward and making sure that no Canadian ever has to choose between paying for groceries and paying for medication.
6: Federal Conservative leader Andrew Scheer was also in Ontario laying out his party's vision for affordable housing. His four-pronged approach includes easing the mortgage stress test Canadians must now undergo before qualifying for a new mortgage and allowing 30-year insured mortgage terms instead of the current 25-year limit.
7: It is important that we have strong uh, uh, regulations around the financial sector to ensure that, uh, uh, th- that our housing industry and our mortgage industry is strong and robust. But we believe that for first-time home buyers, a 30-year
6: amortization
1: period is appropriate.
6: Monday marked the first time New Democrat leader Jagmeet Singh paid a visit to New Brunswick, which he was asked about by local media.
8: I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get here earlier. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm honored to be here. And it's a beautiful place. But I can tell people of New Brunswick, if they want someone that's in it for them, let's look at the policies.
6: He was also asked about a possible meeting between himself and Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in the wake of the blackface-brownface
8: scandal. I said I would be open to having a conversation. Uh, But I wanted to make one thing really clear, that I didn't want to be used as a tool to check off a list of steps for Mr. Trudeau to somehow exonerate himself.
6: Singh isn't alone in the Maritimes. The Green Party's Elizabeth May is also there looking to gain ground. May honed in on stronger supports for mental health care. We need to provide health care, addiction supports, mental health supports.
2: We need to stop people from dying. Shalima Maharaj, Global News. Well, the People's Party of Canada is embroiled in another controversy tonight after a global news report that found at least three of the people who signed the party's Election Canada registry have had ties to white supremacist and neo-Nazi groups. Keith Baldry is in Victoria with more on this. Keith, uh, this has renewed the controversy on whether People's Party leader Maxime Bernier should be allowed into the leaders' debates.
8: Indeed, it has, Sophie. He was not originally in the debate when it was first structured, but uh, the debate commission chair, independent uh, former Governor General David Johnson, made the decision on his own that he thought Bernier had a reasonable chance, his party, of winning for a handful of seats in Quebec. So he made the arbitrary decision to put him on that debate. That doesn't mean the controversy is going away. Our investigation found links to neo-Nazi groups as the reason that party was registered to Elections Canada. So we thought it would be useful uh, to ask a question to all the leaders today. Should Mr. Bernier be in that debate? here's their responses
5: deeply
6: shocking and i find the ex- i never thought <laughs> i never thought we'd hear the term white supremacists or neo nazis
8: at some point the debate goes beyond an exchange of ideas to to ideas that are hateful that are going to spread division Thank they're going to hurt communities and not
7: I absolutely condemn groups that uh, promote hate uh, and, uh, and intolerance and spread these types of hateful ide- ideologies. The Liberal government set the criteria. The Liberal government established this, uh, this Debates Commission.
9: We made a promise to Canadians that we would create an independent debate commissioner who would make the determinations. I look forward to the opportunity to call out uh, Mr. Bernier for his intolerance.
8: So as far as we can determine, the only leader who's consistently calling for Mr. Bernier to be excluded is the NDP's Jagmeet Singh. He's not wavered from that position. Other three, though, aren't going that far. They want to take Bernier on, presumably, in the debate itself, which will be on Monday, October 7th. You can watch it right here on Global.
2: All right. Thanks for that, Keith Baldry and Victoria. This episode is brought to you
11: by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
14: We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money
2: and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg delivering an emotional rebuke to world leaders in New York. The teenager who has inspired millions of children around the world to march against climate change, holding nothing back today as she berates leaders of the United Nations. You all come
14: to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. You are failing us. But the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you. And if you choose to fail us, I say we will never forgive you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up, and change is coming, whether you like it or not.
3: Thank you. Pretty powerful stuff, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was at the UN today, but couldn't get away from the growing controversy over his phone call to Ukraine's president.
2: That call is reportedly part of a whistleblower complaint, focusing on the son of Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. Mr. President Tonight, President Trump dismissing
13: new impeachment calls from Democrats and defending his July phone call with the leader of Ukraine, insisting he never threatened to withhold military aid if Ukraine didn't investigate accusations against Joe Biden and his son. At the time the aid was suspended, it's since been released.
7: Did you tell the Ukrainian leader that they would have the aid only if they investigated Joe Biden and his family? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did not make a statement
5: that you have to do this or I'm not gonna give you a.
13: But according to the Washington Post, citing people familiar with the matter, a government whistleblower alleges the president did pressure the president of Ukraine to investigate a Ukrainian company which had given Hunter Biden a position on its board while Joe Biden was vice president. The president raising eyebrows with this comment about media coverage.
5: If a Republican ever did what Joe Biden did, if a Republican ever said what Joe Biden said, They'd be getting the electric chair by right now.
13: There's been no evidence of wrongdoing by Biden.
5: Why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader if that's what happened? That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump.
13: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who has resisted calls for impeachment, warning the administration's refusal to turn over the complaint, could be a new chapter of lawlessness, which will take us into a whole new stage of investigation. Other Democrats demanding impeachment now.
0: He is jeopardizing and endangering our democracy every single day. How seriously are you taking the impeachment
5: conference? Not at all seriously. We had a perfect phone call with the president of Ukraine. Uh, Everybody knows it. It's just a Democrat witch hunt. Here we go again. The one who's got the problem is Biden. What Biden did is a disgrace. What his son did is a disgrace.
2: Well, Prince Harry and his wife Meghan have begun their first official tour as a family with their son Archie in South Africa.
3: And while they haven't brought Archie out in public yet, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are still attracting the kind of crowds not seen since... Harry's mother, Princess Diana, visited Africa more than 20 years ago. The tour will focus on women's empowerment and lifting people out of poverty. Also as part of the trip, Harry will travel to Angola, where his mother was famously pictured by a minefield, raising worldwide awareness of the damage landmines still do.
2: In Health Matters tonight, as we head into flu season, another warning about vaping.
3: That's right. Along with the health, uh, health risks we've already been hearing about recently, some doctors say e-cigarette use could also make people more susceptible to the flu. Doctors say people who vape could have a weakened immune system.
1: No matter what you touch, if somebody before you had the flu and coughed on their hands and touched it, and you come behind them and touch something and then touch your eyes, nose, or mouth, you're susceptible to catching the flu. Whenever you add electronic cigarettes or vaping to that, your body's immune system is blunted and you're just set up for a bad picture.
3: And what about the health of our pets? Health officials on Vancouver Island are warning again tonight about death cap mushrooms after a puppy died from eating them.
2: The owners of the 16-week-old puppy rushed him to the vet, but because they couldn't afford the treatment, they surrendered him to the clinic. That's when the Victoria Humane Society was called in and paid the bill. But despite emergency treatment that included blood transfusions, the puppy died. Death cap mushrooms grow wild this time of year. In 2016, a three-year-old Victoria boy died after eating one.
5: We do know that 95% of all mushroom ingestion fatalities are caused by this single mushroom.
9: It's a lethal product and as little as this one little death, one little cap uh, ingested by a child could be fatal. Uh, eating a single mushroom by an adult can also be associated with a fatality.
3: Well, it's official and maybe you even suspected it. That viral video of a sassy driver mouthing off a Canadian cop was all staged.
2: You might have seen that exchange between WWE wrestler, wrestler Lacey Evans and an Edmonton police officer.
0: That's not a citation, is it?
7: No, it's a violation ticket for speeding. You, you're Lacey, right? Do you know? Do
2: you no, know, you know who I am?
7: I have no idea. Well, I'm
0: Lacey Evans and I do not rate that ticket, so you can so go ahead. So, Lacey Evans WWE superstar, and you should know exactly who I am.
7: Sorry, ma'am, I don't. Uh, So here's the ticket. Information on the back. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. You nasty
0: thing. I'll pay the ticket. Okay, well, have a good day. Well, don't you have a terrible day, sir. Canada is terrible, and I can't wait to get
2: back. Welcome to (laughs) Edmonton. Do WWE superstars drive themselves? Don't they have people? seemed like she should have been in a limo if she was a big deal. Well, for a lot of people, the smiling officer was a giveaway, but a lot of others thought Evans was actually giving the cop attitude. Today, though, she cleared it up with a follow-up tweet. After reminding everyone that she was once a military police officer in the Marines, Evans tells her followers the video was created by both parties to promote the local live event taking place in the Edmonton area. She goes on to say, if you ever try to honestly disrespect or put my brothers and sisters in blue in harm, I hope you get what you ask for. She signs it, Sergeant Estrella. Estrella is part of her real name.
3: Well, check this out. An explosion damages the interior of a car and shatters the sunroof after the forecast the everyday product that caused the carnage. Yikes. Yes,
2: indeed. Oh my goodness. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with a look at our weather forecast as we are now well
11: into fall. That's right. And it felt like fall. That's for sure. Woke woke up to it. Uh, But this was our last day of summer, everyone. (laughs) So I don't mean to laugh, but look at this Upper Lynn Valley, 112 millimeters of rain in a 24 hour period. Potentially record breaking, but we don't have uh, details of uh, data from there. But at the airport, it wasn't record breaking. We had 30 millimeters, but those are some significant numbers, as you can see. There's our uh, Sunday at the airport. So the first week of September was gorgeous, and then we plunged into fall. It's been feeling like fall ever since and right through to the actual first day of fall. And we still have a week's worth of September left and we've doubled the average amount of rain that we would typically see through the month of September. It has been a soaker. We've had 15 days of rain, whereas the average is eight. So nearly doubled the uh, amount of days of rain that we would see. So there's your first day of fall. It wasn't just a soaker across the south coast, but right across the province, really. And uh, tomorrow we will catch a little bit of a break, which will be nice. So still mainly cloudy in the morning, slight chance of a bit of drizzle or shower, but otherwise you can expect to mix the sun and cloud by the afternoon with a nice 18 degrees. However... There's a soaker on deck for Wednesday. It's going to bring in both wind and rain. It will likely push in later in the day on Wednesday, so don't head out without an umbrella that day. You are going to need it. In the meantime, this is your Tuesday. Mainly rain across the north coast, central coast as well. Down through the south it's just a slight chance of showers in these areas in the morning, but otherwise drier by the afternoon, and that will be the case across the south coast with a nice mix of sun and cloud. 21 degrees potentially in Nanaimo, so feeling nice and warm. But then we plunge back into it on Wednesday as temperatures drop and that wind and rain pushes in later in the day. So, tonight with the showers out there, it will be a good night to maybe curl up and watch a little TV. And here's a look at what's coming up on Global's prime time lineup tonight. First 911, then Prodigal Sun, and then Bull at 10 o'clock. All right, let's have a look at your weather window for tonight. This a beauty, apparently, according to Laurie, not altered in any way. The color is as you see this beautiful pinky purple haze uh, hue as the sun was setting last night. Wow. Very nice. Thank you, Christy.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: All right. A Missouri woman has learned a hard lesson about personal care products that we all might want to pay attention to.
2: It took us, I bet, 10 or 15 minutes to figure out exactly what had happened. Christine Duprecht was stunned to find the interior of her car heavily damaged. The sunroof was blown out. The cause... A can of dry shampoo found about 50 feet from the car. It had apparently overheated and exploded and became a projectile smashing straight through the sunroof. Thankfully no one was in the car at the time. Overheated how?
3: Oh. Maybe in the sun, in I the guess sun, it, maybe yeah. in Missouri it would have been would have been sunny.
11: Uh, imagine if that was in your hair. You never want to light something near you. No. Hair. <laughs> but the pressure from the can, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's concerning. So, also,
2: that's
9: Just, just so I know, so if you use this product and it's hot out, your head will not explode, right? No. Will, no. It's got uh, to be is, in the no. can. It depends on you how pressurized not. your head mm-hmm. is. <laughs> Sometimes I am under pressure. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Squires here with sports. <clears throat> and uh i can't believe we are essentially a week away from the start of the nhs
9: october 2nd when is october 2nd uh, next week next week
2: next hang on
9: you work on that Wednesday. And get back to yes. us. okay Wednesday. well this is the uh you're right you can see it a little bit I scratch, oh. I scratch myself the uh this is the final week of the preseason the canucks have i knew I you were way. staring at me earlier the Canucks have three more games, starting with one tonight in Abbotsford against Ottawa. Considering Vancouver is over the salary cap by about $1.7 million, anyone not playing well and making more than 1.7 is really in danger of not making the team. You will see a lot of the main guys out there tonight in Abbey. Jake Furtanen, who will have the biggest cheering section of all with family members and coaches who helped him along the
12: way. My coaches are coming, and I played or I played for growing up, so um, I'll end up seeing them after the game, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see them as well.
9: While Jake's old coaches will love watching him up close and personal, he really has to impress his current coach, because at the start of training camp, Bertanen's fitness levels weren't where they were supposed to be. Uh, well, obviously,
3: he, he, he started in Group C and yeah. has worked his way back. Um this game has been average, I would say, so far.
12: I want to keep on pushing. I um, be a little bit more aggressive, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that tonight. I think that you know, I didn't have my best game last game. I thought, you know, me, me, Suzie and uh, Monter played decent, but I still have more to show, and uh, I'm excited to get that going
9: tonight. Another player who will need to show more this week is Sven Berchi. He makes 3.36 million per year, so his salary would definitely have a bullseye on it unless he makes it too hard on the Canucks to cut him.
7: Sven you getting a look uh, with your presumptive top line tonight. Um, just some
3: takeaways from how he's performed so far at camp. Average. I think the guys that, you know, that have to do more, they probably know they have to do more. That's usually the way it is. Players always know when they're playing well and when they're not. Um, I think the guys also understand that we've got some hard decisions to make, and it's important that...
1: Uh, you play well, quite, quite frankly.
9: Brock Besser played Saturday night in Salt Lake City. His first preseason game after uh, that contract dispute kept him out of training camp. Travis Green said he wanted to ramp Besser up quickly so he'd get lots of work on special teams and, of course, work alongside Elias Patterson. And Besser himself feels that he was actually pretty much up to game speed on Saturday.
0: Not too bad, yeah. Um, and I worked pretty, as hard as I could at home to make sure I came into camp condition. And, um, coach put me through a couple hard practices there to make sure I'm ready and uh, I felt pretty good.
9: The B.C. Lions just caught a huge break for their game Saturday against Montreal. The league head office has suspended Alouette's quarterback, Vernon Adams, for that game, because of an incident against Winnipeg on Saturday. In that game, Adams led the Owls to a huge comeback victory, 21 points in the fourth quarter. But in the fourth quarter, he also hit former BC Lion Adam Big Hill with his own helmet. Here's what happened Adams and Big Hill kind of get into it. Adams rips his helmet off. You don't really see it. There it is right there. It takes a swipe at Big Hill, who said the helmet did catch him in the face. The CFL said that was a dangerous play. And he's not going to play this Saturday because of it. All right. Wales and Georgia Rugby World Cup. And Wales was all over them, right off the bat. Jonathan Davies going in for the try. And then the Welsh running through Georgian defenders, passing the ball well. Justin Tipperick will finish this off. Your thoughts, Chris?
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the Welsh looked very strong and very quick. All right, there you have Well, everybody knows Loverboy, but maybe you don't know everything there is to know about Loverboy. That's not, why
9: Squire is here. It's all not just red leather pants. Right? Although <laughs> I don't think they wear the red leather pants anymore, but they're still no, out I there. Think they, I think... They do sometimes?
2: Yeah, I think I've seen Mike's them.
9: Mike Scott up here? Yeah, I wow. think
2: so. Well, certainly the headband.
9: I'm, I'm, oh yes, right. but that's not yeah. the pants. But. Well. <laughs> but that I mean anyway. <laughs> Nobody wore the red leather pants like Mike Reno did. It's true. And Paul Dean. Uh, we're talking to both of them about the band Loverboy, who is still out there rocking the free world. <laughs> Like most successful musicians, Loverboy became a big deal because of talent, hard work, and happy accidents, like how guitarist Paul Dean met singer Mike Reno.
5: I was working on a solo album at the time, a solo project at the time. I was doing that, and then I heard Mike Reno sing, and I went, well, you know, with the solo thing, we could just put that
9: aside for 40 or so years, you know? So uh, it, he blew my mind. The next mind to be blown was Bruce Allens, who was given a cassette tape of songs Loverboy had made before their first record by their manager, Lou Blair.
5: And um, I put it in the car and I drove down to Palm Springs listening to it. And I heard those songs and I said, "Phone him up and I said, Lou, this, this this is a great record. This is a great record. He said, would you help me? Would you get involved in management? I says, yeah. I remember A uh, and B Records on Granville Street back in the day. They had a somebody painted a mural of the cover on the wall outside the whole friggin' wall. It's like a, almost a you know a half a block long. This giant star I This is really cool. But it it took off pretty good.
9: One of the reasons it took off was the hit song "Turn Me Loose," a song where Mike Reno decided to redo his vocal track despite all the band members being happy with what he had already done. And I
1: sang it completely different, changed a few words, and I put that scream in, and the scream wasn't there. I just went... And that scream today, I wish I hadn't done it. Because <laughs> every concert now I have to dig deep and
9: find that. And while we're on the subject of Loverboy's song stories, the big hit off their second album, Get Lucky, was Working for the Weekend, But it wasn't originally Working for the Weekend.
5: I was... Just going downtown to walk on the beach, and I was walking through Kits from my apartment on, uh, on first, and uh, there was nobody around. I said, "Where is everybody?" Oh, I guess they're waiting for the weekend. So that was the, the germ of that. To
4: see what you
13: and
5: so I w- took took the song, and I had uh, had all the pretty much all the lyrics with the verses, and I had hey, everybody's waiting for the weekend, and Reno says, "Well, we." Sh- It should be working for the weekend. I went, well, whatever. Now, you look back on it, it's a pretty brilliant idea. Everybody's working for the weekend.
9: And those songs Loverboy made back in the 80s still has them working on weekends and weekdays.
5: Somehow the 80s have translated to blue hairs to babies. I don't know how, why, you know? But uh, that's just just generally 80s is... for live it still works. There's so many 80s bands that are still out there kicking it, you know.
1: I'm a lucky guy to play with these guys. They're a very good musicians. So. Well, and vice versa. Well. How much fun was it? Oh,
9: it was out of control.
5: There's no kidding it was out of control. I'm amazed that we're all still alive, you know. And that we're not, we don't have, you know, total brain damage. It's uh, just partial. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a very honest assessment, yeah. I guess, there. But, wow, what a band. And,
9: what and a if you watch them, I mean, they still have it going on. Mm-hmm. Mike Reno's voice is still intact.
2: Yeah. Even mm. the scream.
9: Even Well, even the <laughs> scream. <laughs> even the, He will give it a run. Yeah. He gives it a run. He's got to dig deep for that yeah. one, for sure. Okay, last word on weather quickly before we go.
11: Sure, not a bad day tomorrow. Maybe a bit of drizzle or a slight chance of showers in the morning, but you should be enjoying some sunshine in the afternoon. But we're in for a storm Wednesday afternoon.
3: Kudos to all the neighbors who came out for the East Van Back Alley Barbecue in the rainstorm yesterday. I hope you got out there and enjoyed it
13: too. Have a good night.
2: Good night, all.